second, babe. Yeah. You're not going for, for good, are you, honey? You're going nowhere, Happy, and you're taking me with you. All you ever talk about is being a pro hockey player, but there's a problem. You're not any good. I am good. You know what? You're a lousy kindergarten teacher. I've seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'm sorry, babe. I didn't mean that. I, I, I think they're excellent finger paintings. Please, don't go. I am not spending the rest of my life with a loser. I'm gone. Good, then get the hell out of my life. Who needs you? Beat it! Leave me alone! I'm sorry, babe. I didn't mean that either. I, I just yell sometimes because I get so scared. Scared of being a nobody. Why don't you just come back upstairs, honey? I'll give you the old smoochy smooch, kissy wissy. Hmm? You know Happy's gonna make everything okay. Ah. <laughs> I wanna kiss you all over and over and again. I wanna kiss you all over. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. To the night closes in. To the night closes in. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> this this brings up a funny thing that I have one of these intercoms in my place and I've never talked through it. I've only buzzed people oh. in with it. And it's like, you know, when I'm bored, I could just start singing that to the sidewalk. Have, see what happens. Have you ever just licked your tongue across the... <laughs> No, but I did, the face I did it. clean it with like some well, I saw wipes for the first time ever the other day, and I was like, "Wow, this thing oh, is gross." COVID so, changes I, so much, I, right? Yeah, the totally. Things we never. I can't imagine about. licking that eight, <laughs> eight, nineteen eighty-five intercom box. Uh, but you know, you know Sandler's been around for a while, man. That, that, <laughs> seeing yeah. him in like nineteen ninety-five, Gilmore, twenty-five years ago, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, and, you know, know, so the reason we played that is that Happy Gilmore had its 25th anniversary last month in February. So I, I just thought that was fun. That uh, Yes, <laughs> yes. And I, um, I'm i sure I've talked about this before. I know I've talked to you about this before. I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod. But, you know, the, Happy Gilmore is not – it is one of my favorite comedies. It's not necessarily a movie that I would say, oh, this is the best comedy ever. But right. if you're just tracking these things based on how hard did you laugh when you watched yeah, this at movie. at the time, yeah. And again, I was 12, you know, or, or whatever I was. So sure. um, I, this movie and old when I was in college, seeing old school are just memorably yes. the two times that I remember laughing to the point of like pain in my stomach. Yes. Right? Like I could not stop laughing. So those were the two that shows you what intellectual scale. No, I, it's, or it's, I am well, it has scale. it has no bearing on you. It's just the, you know, the culture. Oh, so but funny. at the time, yeah, I would say if someone had asked me, what's the funniest movie ever made it so was probably good. happy gilmore i mean it yeah. was probably and uh, it was so funny i was hiking the other day and you know i'm like i generally am staying away from people when i'm hiking i even if it right. wasn't covid i don't fucking want to talk to anybody right, or right. interact with anybody <laughs> yeah and, i'm just here to walk was, this mountain yeah it's Get just away so from stupid me. right and <laughs> yeah. this this woman started talking to me and i could tell coming up the mountain that she was talking to other people. Like she clearly was just like picking yes. out people to have conversations with, which there's nothing wrong this with that in general, time. but I'm, it just doesn't. Ah, in it, eh. <laughs> I mean, 
in LA that doesn't really happen. So it's yeah, yeah, not, it's different. Not really. Places. And 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 I overheard her saying she was from Manhattan and everything. I'm like, okay, you know. Oh, anyway, right. I wouldn't so, have guessed that either. Actually, weird, from Manhattan. but whatever. And anyways, the point is that she started talking to me about, about movies because I was wearing this shirt, the new Beverly Cinema shirt. Uh, and yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. was like, <laughs> she had the weirdest question. She was like, did you make that shirt? And I was like, no, I bought it. And she was like, oh, where'd you buy it? I'm like, at the new Beverly Cinema. <laughs> And she, she, what the and she, okay she, yeah no no this. i know and then and then i was like she's like what's that and i was like it's a movie theater here in la it's it's uh it's pretty popular and and she was and she couldn't connect because it, it the front says new beverly <laughs> and the back says spawn ranch it's the right. once upon a time right, hollywood right, right. shirt yeah, yeah and so she was trying to put that together she's like I think she said, like, why do they sell that? Or something like that. And I was like, well, Quentin Tarantino owns the theater. Not not expecting that anybody knows on, this, man. but the way that she was asking was just so, like, why didn't she right, already know right. this? I don't know. It was bizarre. And it's like, there's a lot of things we don't know. <laughs> Anyways, she, yeah, she, I, she was like, she was like, oh, that's cool. And then she was like, can you recommend any movies? Or, or no, that's what she said. She said, are you the manager? And I went, no, I just like it there, and I bought this shirt there. And she goes, oh, cool. Um, and, then, and then she goes, she goes, I'm not cool. the manager of a blockbuster um, lady. Right, right, right. And she, she was like, she's like, oh, can you recommend any movies? Uh, and I was like, um, I, the first thing that came to mind was this movie called The Nest that I watched a few weeks ago. And I really okay. liked it. But I was like, yeah. it's a hard drama. Like, I don't know. It's a new right. movie that not many people are seeing. If you're into right. dramas, I was like, check that out. And then she said, how about comedies? And I was like, comedy's hard. It's subjective. Uh, you know, I'm having to explain yeah, this. Right. And I'm like out of breath. I'm at the absolute tippity top of the mountain. <laughs> I'm out of breath. I have a mask on. You know, I've paused yeah, my music. Yeah. I'm like You're hot, uh, right. trying to, it's like uh, uncomfortable. And I was like, um, yeah, well, yeah. I was like, comedy is subjective. And I, I really struggle to recommend a comedy for anybody because it, it, I don't know you. You know, I didn't say that, but I was just like, I don't know yeah, of course. what, what you'd like. And she was yeah. like, okay, well, have a good hike. You know, just like, what was the you point of all how that? amazing it would like, have been if you had pulled out like a survey and been like, okay, I need you to select <laughs> these movies that you like yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I will give you a recommendation. Well, I, let me I ask you like 10 to 20 questions before yeah. I recommend one. I, yeah. I have I have several it thoughts. Was weird, My man. biggest thought Please. is why that conversation went on so long. <laughs> I'm not sure why you. I mean, I give you credit. I you know that's it's like I didn't know how to you. get out of it. Um, I was yeah, just answering your questions. She was drilling yeah. me. She was. I was yeah, just like yeah. Uh, I I imagine it coming in rapid fire. But um, <laughs> that is really weird. Um, yeah. she is a weirdo. I'm glad you made it out of there. And um, yeah, yeah I don't that. know, man. Um, but uh. <laughs> Whatever. That was a strange conversation. I, yeah. um, I, I of course, watched all the stuff with Happy Gilmore popping up on YouTube. I liked the back and forth between Sandler right. and um, I always forget Shooter McGavin, the actual actors. Oh, name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, his name's Chris something. Chris, I can't they, think of his they name. They had yet. the little exchange, you know, back yeah. and forth, which was nice over YouTube. But I'll tell you, the one thing with that movie, it still has, it's just got a couple of like really iconic moments, you know what I mean, still that you think about. I mean, like the fight with, you know, Bob Barker is always going to go down, you know, it just, just a legendary scene. I remember yep. my dad, that was not his brand of comedy, obviously, as like an sure. adult, you know, in their 40s or whatever when that movie came out. But I remember him laughing hysterically at that whole fight scene. It just took yeah. him by surprise like it did everybody. And sure. he was just so into it to the very you know, last, now you've had enough. That's bitch. hilarious. Um, but also the other person that I always forget about until I watch it, who is just magnificent in that movie is Carl Weathers. Carl oh, Weathers sure. is fucking fantastic in that movie. Yes. Like he's, you know, it's like 
Carl Weathers has Rocky. He's always going to be Apollo from Rocky. Uh-huh. But it's like, damn, he is so good in Happy Gilmore as Chubbs with the one hand. I mean, he's I, I so mean, good. He's fully invested in that. He's very earnest. Yes. He's very sweet. And he is not, uh, you know, a guy acting in a stupid comedy. Like, no one knew right. what Happy Gilmore was going to be. Like, there's no reason yeah, to, like, on. have any kind of, you know, respect for the, yeah, the, you'd be the thinking art of it. You know, it's just a stupid thing yeah. at the time, you know. And I totally agree with you. He's just so wonderful and like nice and uh, yeah. Well, and Julie Bowen actually gave an interview also where she said, um, she said going in, she was like, "Well, no one will ever see this movie, so I'll just do whatever <laughs> I want." Because you know, like she and at that time, she I think she said at that time, um, even uh, even Billy Madison hadn't like come out yet, or I, I don't yeah, know, or it hadn't yeah. gained the popularity, like you know, because those were back to back. But yep. she was like, it wasn't something you knew about by the time Happy Gilmore like came out. It was like, oh, he's on the heels of, you know, Billy right. Madison. So anyway, uh, I, I miss those great. old Sandler movies. Really, really, yeah, of of its era, and I he hasn't done anything like that. Um, I, yeah, obviously, we all wish that Adam would go back to uh, a a simpler kind of humor um, <laughs> because it's <laughs> right. it's it is <laughs> Happy Gilmore at the time is not subtle, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now sure. looking back, you're like. Oh, it's actually very subtle comedy relative to what fucking Sandler does now, which is this big, (laughs) crazy shit that doesn't make any sense. Um, It's almost like a spoof or a uh, caricature of um, what he used to do (laughs) in a way. You know what I mean? Which I guess everybody, look, man, time goes on and, you know, people change and, you know, at a certain point, you know, you're just kind of color and well we will we will still always love sandler um for sure let's talk about uh some movies that we've been watching by the way this is episode 38 welcome everybody um we're we're getting up there in in the years and you know one day we will do this uh podcast in the same room again and i feel like that'll be it'll be soon sooner rather than later um yeah i'm almost getting i'm i got my second shot coming up soon uh, cause I got lucky and got, you know, this vaccine kind of early, but, uh, but we're getting to that yeah. point where a lot of people are going to be eligible because they just opened up eligibility for another tier, uh, I think as yeah. of tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and right. you know, well, I think in, in, in California, especially, I think, uh, by, by April ish, I think all the rest of us, uh, <laughs> normies <laughs> are, yeah. are going to yeah. be able to yeah. go in there. And I uh, get For it done. Sure. So, uh, and then once we're there, I think uh, we'd, we'll have to do. Uh, maybe you'll come over here. I don't think you've been here yet. My new apartment. I've been here. I've been once. Oh, I've you been did one time. Once. Okay, right on. Yeah, um, yeah, and, right and at I the beginning, think, and then it was like, well, you won't be back there for a while. You know, we'll sit. We'll watch. We'll do, we'll do a normal episode. We could also do our our uh, what do you call it? Um, commentary track. Commentaries. We yeah, we could we could watch a movie also. together. Dude, we, we could watch a movie together. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, let's talk about some movies that we've been watching in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. I'm, freak, I'm freaking, I'm freaking out, man. out over here. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> I got uh, the chill bumps. Yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah, uh, um, I've seen a bunch. Been I've been trying to. I've been trying to tear through the um, the like uh, the award stuff. Mm-hmm, um, sure. or, or a lot of the stuff that is, is either been uh, you know nominated for something or is you know right. assumed that it might get nominated for an Academy Award. Um, I did, you know, I did a bunch of the kind of social commentary uh, stuff, maybe mm-hmm. a little too much, like as good as all those it's are, tough, and I think it's yeah. good these movies are being made, when when suddenly 
it's like, oh, now's the era. Just like superhero movies, right? It's like anything that becomes like the thing. It's like now, now we're going to make a bunch of these. And then you you find yourself watching these things that are very heavy, very important, but um, but really hit you and kind of bring you down and, and make you reevaluate yeah. some things. And you watch like five or six of those in a row. <laughs> You know what I mean for the award yeah. season, and you find no, yourself get one you getting a little desensitized, yourself. unfortunately. Really, but the other really thing, tough. yeah, it, it it knocks you down a little bit. But anyway, I I did uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. uh, you watched that one. I watched it. Um, I, I I really enjoy. I thought the performances were really great in that. Um, I uh, I watched all five parts of Small Axe. Have you watched any of that? Um, no, the Steve I, I, that's on my list, but. Um, that's a big commitment, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that it took a yeah. long time to chip away. And I liked um, this kind of a weird random thing, but I liked the odd ones. I liked the first, third, and fifth installments. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're not all good, but those are the ones sure. that really kind of struck a chord with me. I watched uh, Ma Rainey's Black okay. Bottom. I haven't and, watched um, that yet, but yeah. Dude, uh, I know this is going to sound like, you know, just catering to somebody we just lost, but, um, but, uh, uh, oh my God. Chadwick. No. Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, Jesus, yeah. all I could think sure, of was sure. Ma Rainey right then, uh, right. is really uh, fantastic in it. Um, you can see it being. He won a the Golden play, Globe. You know I mean, mean, that that makes yeah, but it wasn't sense. just a posthumous. Like he's, it, it was, he was every, he earned every bit of it. That's um, great. He was really, really great. Um, so th- those are kind of the ones for the award season. I did, I did the dig. I think you had said you watched the dig. Oh yeah, How'd a you while like it? back. So I enjoyed it, man. I um, did you I, dig it? It was just. <laughs> God, why did I not? Yeah, I don't know why. See, this is why I'm not a professional. (laughs) Um, Too early, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, It was just kind of a, um, I don't know, it was just kind of a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, sort of kind of laid back. I don't know if laid back is the right word. But yeah, it was just, you know, you just kind of meandered through, but I enjoyed it. Um, So I I, I, uh, kind of cracked through all of those. And then the other one that, um, well, there's two more. I'm going to save one of them till you go through a couple of these. But um, did you watch Malcolm and Marie? No. Man, Jess and I watched that last night and really enjoyed it. Like we both mm-hmm. really, really dug. Um, I, I thought it was it was cool in the way it was executed. Um, you know, the the setting is kind of a third character, but it's really just these two people, right? This couple, and it's a one night type right. of setting. It felt almost sixties and like it's you know stylish and what it was, but obviously it was very present and, and modern day. The performances sure. I thought were really good for both of them, but the dialogue was so good. I was I found it difficult for me to kind of separate out. Like, of course, there's great performances, but just to kind of fully realize and write these conversations and these arguments, I just thought it was so. It felt so real and gritty, and uh, everything struck true to me in it. And uh, I had a couple surprises along the way. I would highly recommend that one. So I don't uh, know how anybody else yeah, felt about I, it. We loved it. I wasn't sure who made it, and I was just looking it up. Um, but it's Sam Levinson, which is Barry Levinson's son. Right. And he was also right. one of the creators, creators or, or showrunners of uh, Euphoria, which a lot of people yeah, like. Yeah, he wrote and, directed, wrote and directed it. <clears throat> um, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, I will check that out. It's on my list now. Yeah. Yeah, very um, unique. Definitely check it out. Um, it was one of my favorite things that I've seen in a while. So, um, yeah, it was it – was, uh, it was a good flick, powerful flick. Well, I hit, you know, a couple of, like I saw, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah. That was that was good. That was obviously a heavy, uh, you know, kind of Oscar-y type movie. Um, true story and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, and then I watched Minari. Did you watch Minari yet? It's Haven't seen Minari. Not totally available everywhere. They, uh, we watched it on A24's 
streaming service, which is like you pay 20 bucks and then you have access right, to it or whatever. Right. Um, but um, really enjoyed Minari. I think that, you know, it, it, it holds up with the concept of like Nomadland, Minari. These are the top right, movies right. of the year. They will probably be the big Oscar Beatty ones. They will... The, the question, I, and I don't know the answer to this, I assume Minari will be in the best picture category the same way that Parasite was in the best picture category. Right, right. Um, and It's and always hard to know for sure with the foreign in ones. The foreign, because it's not a foreign mm-hmm. film. It's a foreign yeah. language film, but it's an American film right, by an American right, right. in America about Americans, you know, or right, people right, that right, have right, you know, right, emigrated. Right. But it's, it, it is, um, it's a very American movie. Uh, it happens to be that they speak Korean for you know most of it, but not even all of it. They yeah. speak English. I mean, you know, probably thirty, forty percent of it. Uh, anyways, well, the lines very, are being blurred on a lot of that, though, right? Yeah. Because you know, you've got animated films, which are now obviously you've got the whole question of what's TV, what's movies now, which has been brought up a lot, and then you've got yeah. the animated films, which are going to be up for best animated and also best picture, and now you've got sure. film, same thing. So there's a lot of. Um, things that you're just not totally sure how they're going to rank Absolutely. stuff Absolutely. Um, so. I highly recommend that. I, with some of the ones that weren't as kind of Oscar-y but that are new, I watched I Care A Lot, the, the uh, oh, um, we Netflix did too. one. Um, I was not a big fan of that movie. I thought it, I thought it was very middle of the road. Like I, I'd give it okay. like three out of five stars. You know, it was okay. very just right in the middle for me. The story itself could be interesting. Like the, the concept could be interesting. I thought that yeah. they um, – made it very kind of uh, they didn't really take it 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 could have been a very heightened over stylized like crazy movie and it doesn't right. quite ever achieve that it it i don't know um i i kind I of have really a problem liked it. <laughs> I, it's funny because Lori's roommate loved it uh-huh. like thought it was uh-huh. amazing and then Lori absolutely hated it it was she mm-hmm. was like it's one of the worst things i've ever seen well and i talked so, to one of my good friends I'm yesterday who felt the same normal. way he <laughs> yeah. he didn't he didn't yeah he my, my buddy that i talked to yesterday he re, he really liked like the first 75% of it yeah and then ultimately yeah. didn't like where he th- he thought also it could have gone somewhere more unique i was just yeah. on board for every beat i'm not saying it was the best possible thing it could have been yeah. but one i really thought all the performances were great again i just mm-hmm. thought everybody was really good um it Rosamund gets your blood won a golden globe for it so you know yeah the, i mean she's always great loves her too. performance yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and what's funny is jess didn't want to watch it and she sat down and she was like i don't like this bitch she's mean and all <laughs> as, as like a character right like not the sure, actress herself yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. she's mean and everything. I, I should be clear. I'm not sure she said bitch. I think I was maybe throwing <laughs> that in because of her character in this movie. Sure. But, sure. Um, but she, she was like, she's mean and everything and she always wins. And I was like, well, I don't know if she'll win in this. And, we ended, and then she ended up getting pulled in and we watched the whole thing. And, yeah. you know, the thing about it is like I, I really maybe I was reading more into of my own stuff, but I just felt like it was such a condemnation of like not even like capitalism, but like American capitalism and how we do things because she gets your blood boiling so, so much early on. Right. And then just because of what she's doing, how she's exploiting the old and all this stuff and stealing people's lives. And then the moment where she's, you know, you end up finding yourself rooting for like mafia against her (laughs) or like murderers and things, but it's kind of like the Godfather thing where you're like, well, they have a code. They follow this Mm -hmm. code. Even if they will execute you just like a country will. You know, they're, they're not doing these horrible things that she's doing. But then at the same time, it's like the speech she gives on you didn't play by the rules. You didn't take me mm-hmm. to court. And the way she's talking about like she's dismissing morality and talking about I do things legally. 
Mm-hmm. And I just think there was something about that and this desire to get, I found myself thinking like, what else on this earth in this lifetime could push anyone? I mean, I hope most people wouldn't do this anyway, what she was doing, but would push anyone to do the kind of thing she did in order to get rich other than that, right? Other yeah. than like, oh, I need to be rich. I want to be rich. That gives you power and gives you the life you want. And I just, again, I may have been bringing a lot of this. This may not have been the, what the filmmakers wanted to, to sure. say. I think it was. But I think I was bringing so much of that myself into that and thinking that, that it ended up being like a super powerful movie for me in that way. And a lot of my thoughts yeah. were just there already. But um, because of that and the performances, I really, I just enjoyed the ride. And obviously, there's a ton of twists and turns right. throughout that movie. So Yeah, I get all that. I do. Um it, I think it, it's a little depressing the way that it it uh, kind of is honest about people gaming the system, you know, and yes, systems. Jesus. And, and you're just like, fucking people like this exist everywhere. Like, not this isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't outlandish at all. This is how a lot of people function and get away with yeah. a lot and make a lot of money that they really don't deserve. And um, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's one I want. Not only don't um, deserve, they should be in jail. Anyway, sure, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we can continue um, on from no, but they from did it legally. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're not in jail. <laughs> the sons of bitch. Anyway, um, a couple other ones I watched. I watched the Billie Eilish documentary on Apple, which is wonderful. I recommend oh, it? every yeah, single person watch that because I didn't know much about her. I don't really listen to her music. I li- I like what I've heard, but I don't really know. Um, she's, she's a very interesting, super talented person. And, and this is a pretty appropriate documentary because she's still so young yet. This documentary Mm -hmm. comes at it from the approach of how you would make a documentary about someone that's been, you know, well established for a long time, but it, 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 she kind of is in a way because she's been doing, you know, playing music since she was so little. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just hearing her backstory and her family story and everything is is really incredibly endearing and wonderful. Um, and uh, I watched Coming to America. We talked about this the other day off right. the pod, but uh, it was way yeah. better than I thought it would be. Like I was Me really too. I think that's like, how I felt about it. I yeah. super enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty well written, and and the 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 you know it it had an opportunity to be very corny with what it was yeah. doing yeah. and who was in it and you know how everybody was used. But it really wasn't. Even Eddie Murphy, with the exception of the other characters that he plays and Arsenio yeah. plays, like <laughs> yeah. they are really wonderful characters. And uh, the, the like Eddie's character really has a lot of integrity, and he's he's very kind of he's a pillar of this family in a very kind of respectable way. And not that he wasn't right. in the original, right. of course he was, but he's he's the elder statesman now, and yeah. and it yeah, yeah. fits. Like it's it's all very well done. Um, I think. I think I had a lot of people that I was seeing reviews from or even friends posting that were very cynical about it. And right, right. I tend to be pretty cynical, but I watched it and I was just like, no, I don't, I don't buy any of that. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it's goofy. It, of course it's goofy and silly Look, and it, stuff it felt too, like but, to me the, the Bill and Ted reunion, you know, it was just like, yeah, listen, just like this was gonna always going to be this what it was going to be. What yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but it's sweet and it's endearing and, you exactly. know, it's got a good heart and that kind of thing. Um, and I was just really glad that James Earl Jones is still around to be in it, it man. Totally, honestly, I mean, it's totally. just like, this is great that he's still here. So the way that anyway. they go, went back and forth between footage from the original was very yeah. Yeah. quality also. It Pretty really clever. Yeah. Felt great. Yeah. Um, a couple more that I saw that are new. I watched Cherry, which is this Tom Holland starring movie on Apple. 
TV yeah, what Plus was that directed one? by the Russo brothers. I actually haven't finished it yet, for the record. I okay. haven't watched okay. like the last 20 minutes, and I really hate it so far. Like Something might happen <laughs> at the end, it, but huh? I am struggling. Like This is maybe three sittings where I still haven't finished it. And I think the Russo brothers, who directed Endgame, and they did that 21 Bridges movie last year, um, you know, right. they're fine. They obviously made Endgame, which is like the now the second biggest movie. Again. Technically, um, they know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. They, you know, you can't argue with that. But from right. a filmmaking standpoint, from the standpoint of like, if you're going to make a, if you're going to make a small movie. And if mm-hmm. it's going to be very story involved and character involved, I just feel like, you know, you're showing an entirely different set of chops at that point. And I just don't right, think they right. have it. I really, I, I, I don't like this movie and it's a bummer yeah, because yeah. it's Tom Holland who most people love. He's still pretty right, young, yeah, but he's sure. incredibly talented and, um, He's, I just think it's so weird, and 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 well, maybe a lot of it just probably comes down to I don't like the story, but but yeah, I think also yeah. the direction of it and the cinematography and all of it is just all super stylized for no reason, and it's frustrating. Oh and yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. Of, it's yeah, melodramatic in parts where I'm just like, come on, don't, I'm rolling my eyes constantly at this right, movie. Right, right. Um, anyways, well, they could just uh, be couple, good at one thing, man. A lot of people are, and they still could have actually long careers right. doing that one thing if they do it well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Uh, uh, the last two I'm going to mention uh, are Black Bear, which is a little indie movie with um, mm. with Aubrey Plaza. We watched it last okay. night. Don't know um, that one. I highly recommend it to um, indie, true indie movie fans, someone that kind of doesn't have a whole lot of expectation for, you know, you know it's a small movie, you know it's, Indie and you, you maybe maybe it's even better if you don't really know what it's about. Um, but um, okay, it's uh, I, I would is especially it about a black you, bear? <laughs> sort of. Um, the, the only thing I'll say is it's about Arby Plaza and she's a writer. She's a screenwriter. So um, I would, uh, or rather, she's a creative type, you know, writer director, whatever yeah. you want to call her. But anyways, gotcha. I would Story recommend telling. it. Be just because yes, that's a better description just because you've you've uh definitely sat in that seat i think you should you should watch it um cool. and then yeah, the last do. because mostly because there's a lot there's a lot to talk about and unpack with that movie and i need somebody to talk to <laughs> talk about it with um, <laughs> okay the, right on i'm with you very last you. new movie i watched is raya and the last dragon did you watch this no i haven't seen it yet disney one i did listen um, to a podcast with um what's her name who played rose in star wars and is oh really i listened to a um, podcast with her I about it but i haven't seen it loved this movie Oh, absolutely wow, okay. loved this movie. And I'm I'm generally a fan of animated stuff. Like I try to watch yeah, most yeah, yeah. of it. I, I'm I'm on board with most things. Like Frozen Two I went and saw by myself, like on a Wednesday. Yeah, that boy. It, you know, I, I I do enjoy these movies. Raya is probably one of the best Disney or like new original Disney movies that I've seen in in fucking years and years. Well, cool, it's man. Absolutely beautiful. It's a really good story. Um, the characters are just really well drawn. I would I would put it above the Frozen franchise in terms of like who its target audience is. Maybe like a little bit older. You know, the Frozen okay. world okay. is kind of more for kids, more for little kids, and Raya could be too. But it's just a little bit more elevated, a little bit more adult. Um, and I, I, right I it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And th- we're going to talk more about this later in the podcast, but. Movie theaters are starting to reopen 
in LA and this is the one that I'm super bummed that I just didn't wait because I didn't know uh, the theaters were going to reopen so we yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, we bought it and if I could see this on a big fucking screen, like mm-hmm. a Dolby screen or you know one of the good screens at AMC, I highly recommend it. Do it for this is okay. the first one you need to see. Um, cool. Anyways, yeah, well, that's yeah. it for my movies. Well, let me let me let me throw out uh, two more quick ones just because of, yeah. of what uh, you mentioned. One that you have not finished yet. Um, I started Jerry, First yeah. Cow. Have you watched First Cow? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw it in theaters before coronavirus. Oh man, because God, it, it came out that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> um, well, it was right there. So anyway, I, I threw it on. And, and I, I was, it was one of those movies that I just feel like, man, this feels like the most authentic thing. Like I'm yeah. really there. I don't know if I really care still, you know what I mean? Sure. Because it, the sure, pace sure, is sure. actually how it would be being in the woods, uh, putting on that boot and taking two minutes to get it on. <laughs> but but, um, <laughs> but no, no. And I was enjoying it. I, I didn't yeah. finish not because I wasn't enjoying it. I, I uh-huh. didn't finish because last night we had some food and I, I got pretty sick. Um, so oh, I no. like, just couldn't make it through it. So it was actually like a rough night, but I did want to mention that I was enjoying it when I, when I ended up cutting it off. And then the other, um, the only other movie we watched, this was just kind of a media documentary that popped up, I think on Hulu. Um, have you seen the uh, ads for kid 90, uh, the Soline moon fry, the, um, Punky Brewster. So she like documented everything from back in the nineties as a nineties kid. And she was friends of course with like the saved by the bell cast and Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonathan Brandis and all these other stars that, you know, um, or you remember. And she just was always carrying a camera around and always filming everything. And it's just kind of her diary and sort of her revisiting that. Um, and she gets some really touching interviews, man. And they talk a lot about, you know, being a kid in this industry and, all the crazy stuff they did that, you know, I mean, some, you know, maybe we shouldn't still be here for, you know what I mean? Some aren't. Sure. Um, and it was just, it's just a media documentary. It's, you know, it's like a bunch of stuff you've already seen, but we both really enjoyed it uh, and found it kind of moving and, um, and, and just, just interesting and cool. So I think you'd probably, you'd that probably dig great, it. Man. Um, yeah, Kid 90, check, yeah, check it out when you, when you get a minute. So that's it for me for, uh, for the flicks. Um, let's, uh, let's throw out some TV really quick. There hasn't been much TV on, so there's not much to say right. here, but, um, right. But the the big one that we've been watching, which ends tonight, is the Allen versus Pharaoh documentary oh. on HBO, oh. and it is fucking oh. unreal. I it's pretty mean, damning. It, it is un pretty damning real. stuff. And the my biggest takeaway from a purely personal standpoint in my life is that I legitimately thought, even going into this documentary, that the allegations against Woody Allen were limited to that he fooled around with his stepdaughter and then eventually married Once. her but was fooling around kind of inappropriately and then and then married her and then they've been together a long time and and like so that and she was a teenager was like, at the time it's weird not a but seven year old it's the facts which right. I have no problem calling them facts at this point um, right. because there is mountains of evidence of court cases and oh yeah you know when something didn't happen you don't have this much evidence that's you know that you could call it an allegation but at this point no i'm sorry there's you have the person you have (laughs) the everyone involved like this is insane in the court of a a court of public opinion which is what we are it's pretty obvious it's like bill cosby it's like michael jackson it's like where it's like look there's too many things here for me to tell you that i don't believe so far is that all of these other people i mean i shouldn't say all because i don't really know but the majority of these these other 
situations of sexual predators, these male sexual predators are mm-hmm. not nearly as well documented as what we're seeing in this stuff. Do- I mean, right. You right. have people coming forward and then recounting things. We have fucking video a day after from the seven year old, six year old, whatever daughter right. of right. Woody Allen, his adoptive daughter, but someone that he was a father to. Right. That, it's so fucked and the here the bottom line is people that were older than we were when this happened because i was four yeah or, yeah three four years old and i was just a little bit older and you were just a little bit older but people of our parents age that were aware of the news yeah and aware of this allegation granted they didn't have this documentary context but they but the fact that he continues to be to to continue to work is right. nuts. Right. And um, you could put him in the same boat as Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson had a long career after all the allegations, you know, um, and court cases and everything. Yep. And it's just, yep. it still boggles the mind how that's possible. Yeah. It's it's one of those things too where, because this is something that I, because I, I, I'll still say it. I mean, I just really, there's a lot of Woody Allen movies that I really, really enjoy. Sure. And, yeah, and yeah. he's just, as an art, if you can separate the artist from the person, I just think there's a lot of things where I'm just right. like, man, like he, he strikes a chord with me. Right. Right. Um, and I have a lot of friends who, who are big fans too. And based on the information that, and it's not like I never looked into any of it. It's not like I just, oh, I read one thing. Uh, based mm-hmm. on the information that was present, right, and was available, like, prior to this, it was one of those things where I just always felt like, well, you can't rule this out, but I also wouldn't be um, uh, comfortable just doing a conviction, right? Like, just right. being like, oh, right. yeah, no, it's definitely true. And that, right. in no way is that for me saying, oh, you know, this victim's full of shit and all this stuff. It, 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 there's just, it was just, there was a lot of different things that, that were out there. Uh, if you looked into them, this well, you, one, like you, you never said, know what to believe. And, yeah. And, 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 and this one, like you said, is it's, it's one of those things where so many friends, so many people around here, then this in, guy saying this, this girl saying this, it's like, they all I, point to the same the thing. The bigger point is that in our lifetime, through all these years that you're talking about, where we continued to, you know, watch his movies and everything and, and kind of go, oh yeah, let's give him Oscars or get, I mean, he right. hasn't really won right. much, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's, yeah, yeah. let's put all of his content on a pedestal. Um, we never were hearing from Mia. We weren't hearing from the kids. We weren't, he- the, like, there wasn't a two-sided conversation, yeah. and yeah. now there is. And tonight will be the final episode. But it's well, the, it just and you Dylan, have to reevaluate, you know. And also, in Dylan, like you, you would hear something occasionally from Dylan, but it was like this, you know. Woody controlled the narrative, and I think this documentary does a pretty good job showing that. Very powerful. And guy, yeah. and again, if you don't know that, like. You know, Mia was painted also as really kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So it's like one of these things where even one of the kids at one point, I think, had stated like, oh, right. she was coaching us against it. You know, and that's where you get into that weird gray area. And then you find out like when you think, oh, the only situation ever is Woody Allen going up into the attic. Like when you don't have any of the other context, any of the other yeah. like breadcrumbs, like, oh, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And then it's this random thing of, oh, yeah, everyone was in the house and he went up into the attic. And then you find out, oh, he's severely claustrophobic. All these things were like, well, shit. I mean, it seems like I can't rule this out, but also these things seem kind of made up. Mm -hmm. But then when you add those things to the 15 other things, right, that the documentary Mm -hmm. immediately makes clear, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like one – 
you know, it, it's not a thing where Mia comes off unstable at all, maybe traumatized, you know what yeah. I mean, from some of this stuff. But those are two different things. And anyway, uh, yeah, I, I won't. It's, it it it's is unreal. worth watching. And I, and I, it's I just very really powerful. think this documentary is is really well made. And it it it, it paints so much light on on. Uh, you know, the social workers that are involved in it. The last episode was mostly about them and how the, the, the situation is just so fucked from a political yeah. standpoint. And you're like, wow, this, there's so many things working against Mia and the kids systematically right, that right. are devastating. Um, well, anyways, and this is also where recording a conversation that might not be admissible <laughs> in court Still, when you hear it, you, you know, yeah, yeah, you could know yeah. what the truth. I, I realize yeah. this can go wrong too. I realize things can mm. be manipulated, but ultimately, when you hear a conversation and you and you hear it beginning to end, and that's yeah. something that can't actually be taken into account in a courtroom for a lot of reasons. Uh, some of them bad, some of them actually, I think that makes sense. Right. You still know as the person listening. Okay, well, I know what the truth is. I don't know if there's a conviction here, but I know what the right. truth is. So, right. Well, that's why um, you make this documentary. Right. Um, right. So, anyway, so we, moving on from uh, from that, there are just a couple of specials that were on uh, this week. Brian Regan has a new stand-up special on Netflix. And I love Brian Regan. He's maybe my favorite comedian. Um, but I, I put I put this in the same category as someone like Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney's, uh, you know, a lot of comedians consider Brian Regan one of the greatest stand-ups of all time. Maybe maybe just one of the best that's still around. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and he his original material, his first albums in the you know nineties into the early two thousands were. I think like masterpieces, I still quote them all the time and all the specials that he's done in more recent years, you know, they're fine. This one I would say is probably the weakest. And I put him in the category of Paul McCartney because I think Brian, Brian Regan is of that stature in the standup world, like top, 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 top tier in terms of talent. Mm -hmm. Um, and back catalog, (laughs) but how many of us are listening to it? 2020 Paul McCartney album and going yeah this is awesome I mean it doesn't mean it's right. not good but it, it just it has a different you know element yeah, yeah, to it sure. and and sure. uh, you know some of the it's an Adam the, Sandler movie today some of the magic <laughs> is gone and and whatnot but uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it because Brian Regan's great um, anyways he has a special on Netflix there was also the South Park vaccination special a couple of nights ago yeah. <laughs> did you haven't watch seen it? that one yet haven't seen okay. that one yet it's, I love the quarantine special it's less one. funny as much as it is just they're they're just kind of putting their spin on what's actually happening and and a right. lot of people have commented about this thing going like it's not so much funny as it is right. <laughs> right. you know what's going on <laughs> so um and you have to laugh or you'll lose your mind yeah 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 exactly um and then uh, the last couple of tv things wandavision had its finale yeah that was and the big one. uh we don't really need to talk about it other than i loved it it was great um yeah me too did you notice how in the finale and throughout the season but you know they're filming on that street at universal or warner Bros. i forget i, I assume it's the yeah, street at universal yeah, yeah. but anyways um it's the same house as the murtaugh house it's murtaugh's house Oh that, my god! I felt so in. stupid. That and I they didn't know that. and she throws the car into the spot where the car drives into that side of the. It's exact. It's identical. And, I hope and you're I, disappointed with me. I've I never. Am, I haven't I been this disappointed. disappointed in myself in <laughs> I don't know a day. As soon as the car went in there, I was like, "Same fucking house," because it's a car in the exact same spot. And I'm like, "They must have done that on purpose." Yeah, like of they course. must Come on. have put the car in exactly that spot, or maybe it's just the most structurally relevant part to 
crash a car into. I'm going to believe they're Lethal Weapon it, fans. I they? think it was a nod to Tribute. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Um, and then that's uh, great. And then, of course, you guys are watching Resident Alien. It, I think it like just keeps getting better. I love it. <laughs> Me it's too, great. man. I don't. <laughs> this is not a movie or a TV show I expected to like this no, much. No, I at just all. highly recommend. It's been so much fun. If it were on Netflix, I think it would have a huge audience. I think people would love it. I do talking about it, and they'd be like, "This is so fun and light and great." And, and and there's uh, something that feels like of over. of right now. It doesn't feel like old, but it, there's also something that feels like shows we used to enjoy. Yeah, something. when we were younger. Yeah, and yeah. at the same time yeah. with that yeah. show, and I 100%. just I don't know. I dig that. So. It really, anyway. I think it might end up being very timeless. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. So that's all I got for TV. Oh well, um, one other thing. Got? I don't know if this is totally TV. This is a little bit YouTube, I guess. But um, okay. th- there's a series called Forgotten LA on YouTube. I don't know if oh, you've ever seen this no, pop up. I'm check it out. It's though. really cool, man. Check it out. It just it, it's really what's cool about it is just there's so much history, obviously, to, yeah. to every place, but to Los Angeles, and um, it just there's different things. You just pick a topic, and it go. They're probably like 20, 30 minutes, maybe um, narrated. You know, old arc. You know. Um, old archive footage and stuff of different things. And we watched one recently on Dodger Stadium and it it covers a lot of the stuff that, you know, it's partly amazing and it's partly you think, oh yeah, of course this is worth doing. And then it's partly kind of the displaced people who were there, right, that have to get out of the way for progress, which is one of the things with Motherless Brooklyn we talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it kind of leaves you just kind of wondering like how you feel about that. But they're really cool. Um, They're worth checking out um, if you've got some time. That sounds like might be into, yeah. Yeah, pop it on. They're just, they're good background stuff too while you're doing things because they give you a lot of good information. That's very cool. Shout out to Jess because she discovered those. We've been (laughs) Um, Let's move on to news. Um, The biggest news in movies or movie watching right now is that in Lord of the Rings reunion with Stephen Colbert. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Okay, Um, keep going. (laughs) Is that uh, at least here in LA and then, you know, other markets like New York City, uh, movie theaters are reopening. We today is March 14th as we record this and tomorrow morning. Uh, two of the AMCs in LA will reopen Century City, which is our old stomping ground, sort of, and um, Burbank 16, which is closer to where right. I live now, which is right. kind of exciting. That's a big and one. And then on Friday, the 19th, all the rest of them, presumably, are opening. Um, so uh, it's cool. I'm going to go tomorrow and see the Mauritanian just because cool. there's so few cool. movies that I haven't seen that are playing. Right. that it's kind of hard there's not really anything new coming out um, right, right. but i just want to go and i want to see it um and as i'm getting close to closer to my second shot i'm feeling you know a little bit more <laughs> comfortable yeah. uh, doing things and uh and so i'm gonna do that um and then God, i gotta you know, get my shot yeah i mean obviously keep an eye on on eligibility um then the you know the annoying part is that uh, like one of my other favorite movie theaters in la is the alamo draft house in downtown and Alamo, yeah. in the last couple of weeks, the company filed for bankruptcy. And uh, so that's a that's kind of to be expected. You know, these movie yeah. theaters, AMC was such a huge company or is such a huge company. And right. they benefited by this whole stock situation where people yeah. are buying yeah. stock and stock's going up. And so they were able to duck out without having any huge financial burden right normal smaller movie chains i don't even know how companies like arclight and landmark that are small companies here in la i know um, know, are gonna survive but i guess they must have a plan and they must have some backing um but alamo filed chapter 11 but it doesn't seem to be that it's going to affect anything they're still going to reopen it just i mean everything can come back you assume if things go back to normal 
right? Mm-hmm. Like anything that can come back, why wouldn't it? Now, maybe under different ownership. It's, it's but, the only way they can make money. So yeah, right. unless you're selling the building or the lease, right, the, right, like, right, right. then there's no reason you wouldn't reopen as soon as yeah. possible. So, But um, it is different than AMC. Yeah. I mean, AMC, even just having the buzz and what you can leverage off of the buzz of people wanting to buy them, or yep. we could do this yep. with them, or we could do that, changes things. And that's, yeah, unfortunately. Big time. What you don't have with the smaller ones, so. Um, right. Um, Avatar just retook the top spot because Avatar got a re-release in China, so they passed <laughs> Endgame again as the biggest movie. It's only like $7 million difference. When we're talking yeah, about $2.8 billion dollars yeah. total, and they passed them by like $7 million. So uh, uh, You know, <laughs> these, these things obviously are just things that are kind of fun to talk about. This stuff used to matter to me a lot when I was a kid, right? When I was just like, oh yeah, it's the most, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it made the most, yeah. it was, it was the masses loved it and everything else. As soon as you start like trying to figure out like not just adjusting inflation because that's kind of an easy one, right? You say, oh, would be worth this. But the fact that like, yeah, but also in 1939, no one had distractions at home like TV. So they could choose to go to the movie or not. You know what I mean? Like there's also not that factor. And then you start factoring in like as soon as you start factoring in re-releases, it kind of seems like cheating. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. Make money where you can make money. But it's kind of like, oh came out again every year. You know what I mean? Even the older things that went back before you had TV again that would be released once a year because people loved them and that was the only time you could right. see them is go back to the right. theater. All of this stuff is, you're just dealing with different no areas and different things. Yeah, exactly. So it, yeah. it just means nothing other than a bunch of executives made a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's, that's really, really all, all it means. is. So anyway. James Cameron must be so loaded. It's oh crazy. my God, um, dude, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine. Like this is totally his thing, you know, and he's going to make all these other ones. I'm really curious to know how these other ones stand up money-wise. Oh, yeah. I want the Titanic Avatar crossover. You know? (laughs) We're on the water. Titanic (laughs) 2. It's the era Um, we're in. So I have a couple of uh, fun things on YouTube, Instagram that I want to throw out. I caught this on TikTok. There's this account called The Video Bunker. Um, And then I follow them on Instagram. Also, you can go to the video underscore bunker on Instagram. But it's basically, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I just figured you would appreciate it. It was a guy during quarantine that turned his basement into a video rental store. And he bought like racks and the whole thing. And it's like really well built out. And he's got like props and all kinds of shit in there. And they have like an adult section behind the counter. And they've got (laughs) their whole display case is all full of candy that they bought at Costco. And so it's like, it's a wonderful thing for this, this couple. You know, they have this thing but it's just fun to watch their videos online um and the other youtube thing is this account that i can't believe i wasn't following but i followed them in the last couple of days called hacksmith and this guy calls himself the hacksmith basically somewhat recently in the last few months or whatever um built a lightsaber like a pretty close uh, like as close representation of a lightsaber that i think anybody could um, could have imagined that could be built and right so it, it's um, it's not totally self-contained. It's a it's a handle that looks like a lightsaber, and then there's a backpack with some gases in there. It's a it it's not a laser. It is essentially a oh. flame, an on an, an, an always on flame. But oh it's my god, so focused that the first like two feet of it is a perfect like cylinder. Yeah, like you'd yeah. expect, and, and then, then it kind of. Out 
flames out at the top, yeah. but it burns at 4,000 degrees. So they have oh this God. video of him just like fucking cutting stuff. It's not quite as quick as a lightsaber to cut something, but he's cutting through like steel container doors oh and you know God. everything and it cuts exactly like, you know, like when Qui-Gon's putting the thing through the door and yeah. he has to wait for yeah. it to like glow so from the other side. It's identical. Right. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> and it just like this melts away. The door just like melts away. And so the the downside is that it requires a big backpack and the backpack has uh, the compressed propane, which is what it's based on and then right. it's a mixture right. of compressed propane and oxygen and then the cool part is they can mix in uh they can mix in different uh uh, other compounds uh i think mostly different uh like salt mixtures and things uh to change the color of the color oh yeah i was waiting and so they have a blue they can do blue or red or green or yellow or whatever and it's just cool. It's just it's stupid and cool. So but, dumb, um, but yeah, great. But like, it's kind of a mixture of if we are if we're already at this point with that, lightsabers are pretty conceivable. I guess is the point, I, which is I mean? scary and Maybe interesting. And <laughs> I don't know. Years down the road, you'll shoot your know. eye out, kid. Yeah, it seems exactly. like a combo and of these fucking uh, guys are doing this with no gloves. They're just holding oh my God. it. That's they what I was going to ask. On, if they had but no gloves, and this blade is four thousand degrees. It's nuts. Anyways. I tell you what, um, man, it's probably good that I never had that much ambition. <laughs> I really think I would have no legs, you know, like right. Anakin. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Okay. So uh, that's really all the, n- <laughs> the news that I have, but I have a section of uh, upcoming movies and stuff like that to talk about. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, quickly. let's talk uh, upcoming um, uh, flicks. So we're at this point where we can now kind of, I mean, not that other people in other parts of the country and the world haven't had movie theaters, but now that we have movie theaters again and conceivably in the next month or two, we're going to be going to the movies normally, uh, knock on wood, yeah. hopefully nothing yeah. you know, bad happens in terms of our numbers. But um, we get the movie Nobody, the, um, excuse me, Bob Odenkirk movie, um, yeah. you know, John Wick style Bob Odenkirk movie comes right. out in just uh, a few days, March 26th. Godzilla versus Kong comes out. That'll be the first big one. That's big like, one. oh, yeah. well, that's big cool one. to see on the big screen. Um, uh, F9, <laughs> um, Fast and the Furious 9, moved again, but just a little bit to June 25th. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we'll get that eventually. Um, some TV that's coming up. I really dig that, uh, like Friday, this Friday, we get Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Coming up. That's exciting. Um, there is a... Uh, a trailer for a new HBO Max series coming up in April called Made for Love. Uh, it's starring Krista Melody, who was the co-star with Andy Samberg in Palm Springs. She's very good, and it's yeah, got yeah. her yeah. and Ray Romano and some other people. Um, but it looks very good. It looks like a good, fun HBO show. Um, and then uh, the last thing I'll mention on TV, I have not subscribed to Discovery Plus yet because, of course, it's one of the many streaming services, and it's like, wow, why do I need this? Discovery seems to encompass lots of the like HGTV, like, you know, food network, like that kind of shit. And I don't Uh care about that stuff. So I guess a lot of people do, but I don't. But tomorrow there is a show starting. I think it's a four part show, four week show called Expedition Back to the Future. And it's a guy. (laughs) They gotcha. Who's. Yeah, right. It's a it's a guy. I forget his name, but he's got a popular show on that network called something and and christopher lloyd going out and finding each of the original screen used deloreans and figuring out like what their story is essentially because there's only a few of them i think there's 
five or so. I mean, we'll learn what it is. I thought the number was lower. I thought the number was like four or three that were still around, but I think the number is maybe like five or six. And so uh, that starts tomorrow. Very excited about that. And that's really all I got for upcoming uh, that I care about. That's cool. Well, the only other one that I would throw out there is, um, I don't know if you got the trailer for Without Remorse with uh, Michael B. Jordan. No. You saw that one. It's not particularly like you're not going to be like, oh my God, what a, you know, what a trailer. Sure. But um, this is, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of the um, Tom Clancy stuff and the mm. Jack Ryan series. Th- this is the, uh, he's a side character in a lot of the movies, but he's kind of the more James Bond agent to go along with this analyst. And he's, oh. he's a side character in several of the Jack Ryan novels, but he had two novels of his own or did, you know, where he's the main character. Right. And so if you remember Willem Dafoe in uh clear and present danger, that is John Clark. That is this character. Okay. If you remember leave Schreiber, uh, from, uh, some of all some fears, of all the fears, Ben Affleck yeah, sure. one, he is the, he's the one who makes the joke about easy 007. Like I'll take care of the, you know, the yep. killing or whatever. So anyway, uh, Michael B. Jordan is playing this character in the first of the two books that were Tom Clancy wrote that are a little more this is a feature action. Film? That's coming out. This will be a feature film. I don't know what the release plans are. I don't know. I assume now with theaters coming out, it'll be be a theater movie. But um, yeah, it's it's a real kind of revenge action movie. You know, it's kind of like a John Wick type of thing. But Michael B. Jordan's great, you know, and I'm excited. I think that's cool casting. And and now I wonder, I I don't think this will happen, but it got my wheels turning a little bit with all the world building stuff everybody's trying to do. To see if, you know, who knows with the Jack Ryan series, whether or not they will cross paths or whether they'll just be totally separate, you know, kind of worlds. I don't know. But uh, that's very interesting. I wonder, are they going to keep going with Jack Ryan? I I hope so. I don't. I think the plan is because when John Krasinski was doing that good news thing on YouTube when the pandemic, oh, he was, had to leave you know, for, to shoot. He, more yeah, and he was he? talking about you know he kept he he brought it up a couple times. So I hope it does. I, I really that. like him as that character, totally. and I like that series. I I've enjoyed it. I think it's a cool way to continue that series. Um. So anyway, we'll see. I'm with you. We'll see. But without um, remorse, check it out. I'm going to plow through just because we obviously said we would, and it is sort of news, um, is talk about some of the Golden Globe winners. Um, right. I was not particularly a fan of the Golden Globes telecast. Like, I, I don't know. I, it, I didn't really care. Watched it just for posterity. I, I, I generally agreed with what won, though, so that's right. good, I guess, um, that I thought that there was good decisions there in the voting. Um, but I also, I'm excited for a time, hopefully it happens this year where the Golden Globes doesn't directly influence the winners of the Oscars because they're just, it, it seems like there is a furthering divide between those two bodies of voting people where the Hollywood foreign press may not be, uh, always making the best decisions, or even aware of the best content out there. I don't. I don't it's yeah. very weird. Um, but we did. Boy, was it uh, uncomfortable every time they started talking about themselves and not having yeah. any, you know, black members. And we're going to do yeah. better. And like, boy, they, was it uncomfortable to watch an award show while you don't have any. They, I don't know. It's just that, a weird thing. It, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nomadland won for best drama. I thought that was very well deserved. Best director went to Chloe Zhao, which is, uh, I, th- I think, the first time that uh, uh, an Asian female, you know, won Best Director uh, right. at the Golden Globes. So that was a big deal. Um, and I, I maintain that of the movies I've seen, I would say, yeah, that's the best directed thing I've seen. So um, Still haven't seen it, so. It's it's great, man. Um, 
Let's see. Best actor went to Chadwick Boseman. That was incredibly emotional. His wife that accepting for him. I mean, it was. You like, know, she said. So she said at the end. She was, said, "Sorry." She said at the end of her her speech, "I don't have the words," and I yeah. beg, I don't have his words. I beg to differ, man. I thought she absolutely crushed it. Perfect. And you Perfect. know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know. She, of course, she's going to say something like that, but it was an amazing speech and to consider the circumstances i just thought yep. she did beautifully so totally agree totally agree um andrew day won for billy holiday movie that was kind of like an upset i think people she wasn't <laughs> expecting to win um i haven't seen the united states versus billy holiday yet uh Lori watched it just really great. wants to see it um yeah. but that's on my list um best <laughs> motion picture musical or comedy went to borat too, which I think is great. I really enjoyed that, and it's great, you know, whatever. Um, and, He's been cracking uh, me up in the interviews lately, Sasha Baron Cohen, it's with great. all of his. Yeah. Um, best motion picture went to Soul, and I think that was a huge miss. I enjoyed Soul. Yeah, we've um, talked about this. But Wolf Walkers, I think that's what it was called. Wolf Walkers, I just think was head and shoulders way better. Um, and it was nominated, but didn't win, and I, I, there's just something about Pixar that people just like and it, yeah. it's like I have put well they're the established film. giant yeah. I guess yeah um, Minari won for a foreign language film that makes sense because of how that's worded that is not a foreign film category it's a foreign language film category so that's accurate whereas yeah. in the Oscars yeah. it is not worded that way so I'm hoping right. that'll just be up for best picture like it should be um, let's see best <clears throat> screenplay went to Trial of Chicago 7 I think that's fair um, Sorkin's I always it, a so great not writer. Argue. I, yeah. yeah, you can't argue with that. Um, and uh, you know, TV best drama went to The Crown, which is a bummer because I'm never going to watch it. I just don't like <laughs> the British dramas. Uh, yet everyone loves it and says it's I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit at some point to The Crown oh, just gosh, because okay. there's there's enough uh, of the well, history that I'm kind of. You'll interested have to in, let me know. I'll let you know yeah. how that goes. Yeah, and then yeah. the best. Uh, performance by an actor and actress in a drama both went to people from the crown who I don't know. Um, and right. then, but le- best limited series went to the queen's gambit, which um, that's fine. I like the queen, queen's gambit Anna Taylor joy won for the queen's gambit also. Um, probably my favorite thing that I was, Oh, actually there's a, there's a couple of wonderful wins here. Mark Ruffalo won for, I know this must be true, which is probably my favorite thing I saw in television. It's where he plays during twins. quarantine. Yeah. Or am I making yeah. that up? Okay. I, think, I haven't seen that one. No, no, that's right. Yeah. It's fucking outstanding. It's, 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 okay. it's gonna, I think it'll stand up as one of the best things made. <laughs> um, right. I just love it. Um, Shits, we, Shits Creek won for best comedy. Um, right. and then in a somewhat of an upset, even though we know that it was deserved, uh, Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso. That's great. Um, yeah, you know, awesome. he was very funny and he's awesome. was wearing a hoodie and everything. Uh, Catherine <laughs> he was not ready for freak. giving a speech at all. <laughs> no, he was, I mean, Cracked me up. P- people were joking that he was high, but it was like, it kind of seemed like he was high. I mean, he really was struggling with words and he's <laughs> just totally out of it. Don so, Cheadle was pretty great it, being on screen during that, being like, like, okay, wrap it up. Wrap yeah, it up. yeah that, was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> And Julian anyway. Anderson won for The Crown, which, you know, she's playing Margaret Thatcher in that, I guess. And I don't really know the whole backstory or how many episodes right. she's in. But, like, mm-hmm. I love Julian Anderson. I'm very yeah. excited for yeah, her for awesome. that. 
Um, so that's kind of a quick rundown of most of the Golden Globes winners. Um, we'll see. Oh, and it's a bummer. We're recording on Sunday, March 14th. Tomorrow morning, the Oscar nominations come uh, out. So yeah, the know. next episode we do? do, we'll talk about the Oscar nominations. Um, I think uh, we're ready to move on to maybe some Rotten Tomato scores. What do you think? Yeah, I, I want to just mention one Tell thing me. before yeah. we jump into Rotten Tomato, or I guess two things. Um, one, uh, there's, there's, I know I've talked about podcasts a bit on this, but there is a, I'd never seen it before, uh, but it's just called the postmortem podcast and they had okay. guest Nicholas Meyer sure. on there, uh, director of Star Trek two and, yep. uh, writer on right several Star Trek movies. <laughs> yeah. He's just always such a great interview. Um, I think you and I saw him at a Q and a, uh, once, yeah. uh, for a screening and he's just, yeah, I, think it was I, at I just the Fox find theater him in Pasadena. Right. And they had, yeah. the yeah. they had the, um, Oh God! What is it called? The essentially the the um, torpedo shell outside yeah, that yeah, that's awesome. worked as as uh, as uh, as Spock's coffin, basically his coffin, that got sent yeah, down to Planet Genesis. Yeah. Uh, anyways, right, yeah, right. go on, go on. He he's just always you know. There's people that I, I love as like screenwriters and storytellers, and there's people who I enjoy. Uh, in interview with, and then there are some people that click both, check both of those boxes, and he's just one of the ones sure. you know that I will listen to talk or sure. I will watch whatever he's done, uh, and it was really interesting, man. It's worth checking out. I have no idea if that podcast is any good because I've no, it just popped up, and I was like, oh, Nicholas sure. Meyer, so I listened to it, but I did not realize. I mean, he's kind of renowned for all these uncredited screenwriting. Um, credits that he's got uh, and people say yeah he was a script script doctor and so many of the things she liked he kind of fixed but he doesn't have a credit on it even though he's paid and one sure. of those that they actually talked about a little bit was Fatal Attraction uh, oh. and uh, and it's interesting because I, I you know I've seen Fatal Attraction a bunch of times and like the movie but I remember finding out maybe two three years ago that in the initial Fatal Attraction and Glenn Close talked about this a lot not liking how the movie devolved into just like a slasher, crazy slasher trick. Cause she uh -huh. considered it, you know, my character is someone who is dealing with trauma and all, all these things that we talk about now, as opposed to just the, you know, home wrecking, crazy psycho woman, uh, you know, with a knife. And the original ending to that film is Glenn Close, essentially, uh, taking the knife that, um, Michael Douglas had stormed into her house and threatened to kill her before he just can't do it, you know? And she takes the knife that he, she has his fingerprints on it and cuts her own throat and kills herself. Oh. And the end of the movie, which is a huge downer, obviously are the police coming and arresting Michael Douglas. Now they ran that with test audiences and everybody hated it. And that's why you ultimately end up getting, even though the man is guilty, you end up getting the, the mom, you know, and the wife who, who says, if you come near my family again, I'll kill you. She ends up killing. I think it's a fitting ending. It works, but mm -hmm. the gut punch is the original ending, right? Which just wasn't going to work. I don't think in the mid yeah, to late eighties. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that was Nicholas Myers ending. Like he was the one who wrote that and they brought cool. him in to fix the ending. He fixed it. And then when they ran it with test audiences, he's like, then everybody hated it. So they switched it back. He's like, but I got paid to, you know, change the ending, which sure. they changed back anyway. That's it was just cool. interesting. Yeah, but cool and worth checking out. And then the other one, Empire Magazine has a uh, podcast, and they just had Quentin Tarantino and Edgar Wright on it. And if you want to just oh, listen you told to me about dorks, this, yeah. you know, film dorks <laughs> talk about film for three hours, yes, I do. Um, it's fun. It's fun. And they throw out a lot of stuff. Their whole thing is like, we're not going to throw out the classics you know. We're going to throw out some stuff that um, you maybe you really haven't seen. Yeah, no, um, so yeah. those are worth checking out, too, if anybody wants to uh, fire up some podcasts. That's wonderful. Um, well, if I had anywhere to drive, I would listen to that. Yeah, that's why I've been I, I crushing should, so many. I've worked this tough, entire man. time. So. Um, I got to drive somewhere. Um, so uh, moving on to 
Rotten Tomatoes scores. This is gonna. I'm gonna start this by telling a quick story that you pretty much already know, which is that um, a big part of the last year of me at home barely working um, has been selling shit on eBay. And right. uh, I was trying to help my mom uh, clean out some stuff in Florida. And I was like, you know what? I'd really like all my toys <laughs> from Florida. Yeah. Um, they were kind of in storage in Florida. And so my mom uh, works for a moving company and had everything shipped cross country. So I received uh, about a week or two ago um, all these bins of toys. And I've sent you some pictures, but it was pretty exciting. It was just like all my toys. It's been you awesome. Know? And the pictures have been I, awesome. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> looked at them in so long. Like the last time I looked, even looked at them probably was when I was maybe like 18 and I was like kind of shuffling them around in Florida from one box to another or whatever, purely for the purpose of sticking them in a closet. And, right, um, right. but the last time I played with them, I was probably, you know, 10, 11 years old. I moved from Florida to, uh, to California when I was 14. So maybe like 12, 13, 14. It's probably the last time they actually were played with, you know? And, um, and that was 20 years ago. Um, so the point to all of that is that I had way more toys than I thought I had. And, uh, <laughs> I basically made a list of the movies that represent the toys that I have. Um, so it's totally a selfish oh, wow. list, but okay. when I, when I started no, putting I like it together, it. I was like, Oh, this is a fun category because these are all fun movies that Patrick will dig. And all the ones listed here, we haven't done a rotten tomato score for oh, cool. four. Okay. four. Um, so we're going to start with return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Okay. Um, this one's going to probably break my heart wherever it's ranked. Yeah. It's not going to be a hundred. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm going to say critics for return of the Jedi gave it a, 80 and audiences gave it an 88 82 and 94 so you're very close but a little bit higher should Uh, be higher but i'm happier with their (laughs) rankings you were you were going low just to save your own (laughs) of course course. well that actually is where i thought um, people would have put it so it's actually kind of cool that they put it a little higher Um, what's next i and so to preface this i had a significant amount of star wars toys significant amount of uh batman toys significant amount of some of these other movies yeah what Um, did you have from return of the jedi um i have uh i have a little the compound that they're working on uh, opening the door from for so long and the blast doors closing you know i have that and um and i think and it's and by the way i picked return of the jedi mostly because We've done the scores for some of the other ones, but I do have a lot from all three Star Wars movies, which yeah. are not the original release toys. They're the 1990s no, era yeah. Kenner kind of re-release. 97. Of, of yeah, them. when they started bringing the movies back out to bring, Through, for the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. So most of these toys are from like 92 to, ni- to like 99, you know, um, yeah. and um, and not the that's, original series. But That's uh, from a but great anyways, moment. In the movie, though, where he's, you know, I suppose I could hotwire this thing, you know, at that door. Yeah, right, exactly. And then he's like, I think I got it. I got it. And he and closes the, the outer door. Closes the outer <laughs> door, yeah. Um, and I, I will send you pictures of these things because I've so far only sent you pictures of Batman and Jurassic Park, I think. But yeah. anyways. Yeah, those are the um, But there's just, there's so many Star Wars toys, it's nuts. Uh, anyway, so Batman, the original Batman 1989. Ooh, um... I think this is pretty high. I'm going to say critics for Batman gave it a 90, and I think audiences gave it a 95. Oof, 71 and 84. Tim Burton's Batman? Yeah. 
1989. People were cutting, as, um, as Kevin Smith pretty, says, people were cutting low. the fucking bat symbol into their heads when that movie came right. out. I thought I, audiences loved it. I mean, it loved clearly it. had like a big cult following, but it, it didn't uh, obviously wow. 100%. So. That is maybe um, the biggest shocker in the Rotten Tomatoes that we've done to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. saying it should be higher. You know what I mean? Like it feels appropriate to me, but yeah. I just, I'm surprised that the masses felt that way and critics felt that way. Well, here's the real shocker. What do you think Batman and Robin is? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. I mean, Batman and Robin, I'm going to be upset if it's higher. <laughs> I, I think critics gave Batman and Robin a... Go with your guts. I think they gave it a 30, and I think audiences gave it a 25. 11 and 16. <laughs> that's better. That's appropriate. <laughs> that's better. That's better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly. Um, that's Yeah. Oh my this god. This next one is one of my stinker. absolute favorite movies as a kid. I've seen it easily a hundred times. Um, I have some really cool toys from it. Um, it is, I think, pretty universally considered a terrible movie. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh Lost in Space. About Lost World? Oh, Lost in Space. Okay. No, Lost in Space. Oh man. Yeah, spiders in space. Um yeah. yeah. I will say for Lost World, I think. I think we're in that same realm of Batman and Robin for critics. I think audiences or critics gave it a, well, no, not 11, but let's say 25 critics and audiences 27. You're so fucking close. 28 and 24. So well done. Okay. That feels about right. Pretty much right there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, (laughs) I had quite a few Star Trek toys, which are the only ones out of this whole lot. Where I'm like, I'm not sure I want to get rid of these. Uh, yeah, even the Star on. Wars stuff, I'm like, I'll sell it. I don't really care. I mean, it's cool, right. but I, I right. you know, yeah, yeah. I, you're I'm not okay playing with it anymore. It. Give it to a kid. Um, Star Trek First Contact. Ooh, um, I think this one was liked more than I like it. Actually, even um, <laughs> I think critics. Then again, I don't know how if any Star Trek films are really high. I think critics gave First Contact a. 84 and audiences gave it a 89. 92 and 89. So, wow. Pretty Even high from critics, critics and you nailed the audience. So, uh, that's pretty That's good. surprising. But I, that I critics... actually, that blew my mind. 92 from yeah. critics. I was like, holy shit. I thought critics that's would always high. be lower than audiences for a Star Trek film. Do you know what I mean? Not not because they right. don't appreciate it. I just feel those are audience films. Like, those are. No, I, I don't totally know. get it. Okay. Right on. Um, Fair enough, though. Men in Black. Ooh, 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 okay. Um, the original Men in Black. I, again, my memory is very beloved. I'm going to say critics 85 and audiences 90. 92 from critics and 79 from audiences. Wow, 79 from yeah, audiences. That's that's pretty surprising. When the I saw height 79, of I was like, yeah. Don't people think this is like an outstanding audience pleasing? Like to me, yeah. that should be a hundred from audiences, right? If yeah, it's people 90, not I'm liking like, okay, the sequels sort of sense, was because they loved the original. It's weird, right? Exactly, a hundred percent. And the last two are kind of uh, connected, but let's do Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, I think, is just a chart topper. So I'll say critics for Jurassic Park uh, ninety. Four and audiences 97. 91 and 91. So close, okay. but you know, I also 90s, agree. Yeah. Eh, it probably should have been a few points higher. Um, right. And then most importantly, 
the Lost World. Lost world. <laughs> <laughs> not going to be as high as Jurassic Park if my Why memory serves. <laughs> I, listen, I'm not saying it's not an enjoyable movie. I, I'm, I'm a Vince Vaughn fan. I'm a Lost Jeff Goldblum fan. Yeah. But I'm just saying, coming off of the heels of Jurassic Park, I remember the reaction. Um, and I think critics gave The Lost World a... 65 and audiences gave it a 60 53 and 51 so you were pretty close Ooh, just a little higher but 10 uh, points higher yeah the cool part it is that like um i have so many jurassic park toys it's insane and i you know i looked at i looked them all up there's a website that you know tells you every toy that was manufactured for jurassic park and I have almost every single one, almost every vehicle, almost right. every action figure, right. almost everything. There are some that I don't, but most most of them. I definitely like 80 to 90% of them. And um, some of them are like incredibly in demand. More specifically, the individual pieces, like you got one little gun that goes on a Jeep, you know, and it's like that gun yeah. is worth yeah. 20 bucks just because someone needs just that gun. So I'm like piecing them out one little piece of plastic at a time. Um, you know, I sold a little like, flame for the top of the you know fucking front door front gate of the jurassic park the flame that goes on top of the yeah, gate for 20 bucks it's it's awesome, literally man. like two centimeters by one centimeter piece of plastic that's orange and it was like that 20 bucks. someone needed that thing that wild. i was, like, oh, I was yeah. so stoked that i have it um so uh, it's been <laughs> it's been a fun um Project yeah, man, and there are collectors um, out there for all this stuff. I mean, it's not 100%. just like you got to find. I haven't some even kid. touched anything else. I have uh, like tons of Batmobiles and action figures. Right. I got all the dra- or all the uh, the Star Wars stuff, uh, a lot of Star Trek stuff, and uh, haven't even gotten into like the Legos and other things. Um, but um, but anyways, that's the list, and uh, I think we can uh, start wrapping things up. Do you have a hidden gem? I do have a hidden gem, uh, and maybe this one just popped into my head because of watching I Care A Lot. It's definitely a different movie, but it has, um, I guess, some similar thoughts on just, again, not capitalism, but like unbridled capitalism, right? Like taking all the restrictions off and let's run wild. Um, Did you ever see Killing Them Softly and starring Brad Pitt? Do you remember that movie? Oh, no. I, I know of it. Was that good? I loved it. Uh, it's Andrew Dominic really? is the is the director. He did the assassination okay. of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. So they worked together a couple times. Um, I don't think it has very high ratings. Um, you know, and it's just like one of those kind of multi-thread line sort of crime stories. But there is a cool. speech from Brad Pitt. First of all, I just enjoy the movie. I like Brad Pitt's character. Ray Liotta is in it. I, I I just enjoyed the flick. But there's a speech at the end of that movie with Brad Pitt, uh, who's like a hitman type character, um, uh-huh. basically a, a speech about getting paid. Um, that's really just an all timer for me. Um, so I would recommend it killing them softly, not saying you're going to, it's going to reinvent the wheel or anything, sure. but, um, that, that is my hidden gem for the week. What about you? That's cool. Mine is, I wouldn't say it's a gem as much as I, I picked it because it's something I watched this week that I hadn't seen since I was little, since it came out essentially. Okay. And um, it is very much literally hidden, and it's Kevin Smith's Dogma. Um, Oh yeah! So I know you've seen Dogma. We've all seen Dogma, maybe maybe many times. I when it came out, I I I watched. I've seen Dogma 
a hundred percent more than any other Kevin Smith movie for some reason. Um, and you know, I may have uh, as well. That's weird. I don't know why that yeah, is. Yeah, me neither. But um, <laughs> but I guess the point here is that I was kind of. I guess it was like a combination of it was just in the in the zeitgeist, in the social media right. zeitgeist recently. Right. Um, partially because Kevin Smith was talking about it. And, you know, one of the things that I didn't know is that the rights to it are owned by Harvey Weinstein. I don't know who owns it now legally, but but he literally bought the rights from his own company because they couldn't retain them because it was so polarizing with distributors and with Disney and all these companies that – they literally couldn't even keep it in their rights catalog, so it had to like go all to an individual. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, basically, and um, and so it's very much hidden right now. You cannot it, the DVD and Blu-ray, which were produced at some point, are completely out of print. They are not available. Oh, um, cool! It I've is got, not uh, available. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. You have copies of it. I have I have a regular uh, Dogma DVD, and then I have this uh-huh. like special edition where it like the folds ten, out and has all the yeah animated stuff. Yeah, I the got two of them. DVDs are worth between fifty and a hundred bucks, hey. and the Blu-rays are worth hundreds of dollars now. Man, I wish um, I had a Blu-ray. <laughs> and yeah, right. And uh, the point to all that is that um, I found it online somewhere, but it's not available. There's no streaming service that has it. There's no, um, That's wild. no one sells the retail copies of the disc anymore. So the only way to get it essentially is to buy a secondhand copy of the disc. And right, uh, you right. can go on Amazon and get it, but it's a third-party seller that's selling yeah. it, you yeah. know, a single copy. So it's very interesting. That's why I call it a hidden gem. And yeah. uh, and just because I hadn't watched it in so long, I really enjoyed it. I just enjoyed seeing all those people. It has an insanely good cast. Um, yeah, it's a Kevin so Smith movie, so it's just very light. It's one of my favorite Ben Affleck roles, man, honestly. I mean, yeah. it, 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 you know, it's a dumb comedy, but it, it, it strikes some chords on some serious stuff. Chris Rock is right. hilarious. All of his, you know... Yeah. Falling from the sky. All of his talking about you like George I was Carlin, a thirteenth. I was got, a thirteenth apostle. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hear about me. I yeah. was written out. You know, and all this <laughs> stuff. Like all that's so great. And the opening, the whole opening scene at the airport with Matt Damon convincing yep. the nun there is no God, it's even though he's very been in the presence good. of God. Yeah. Um, and at, and again, this is going to be like one of those kind of Garden State things where it's not that I don't like Garden State. It's just at the time I saw it that it came into my life. It felt so profound. Dogma when yeah. I watched it. It was like the most profound religious movie I'd ever seen. Like it just, it spoke to me yes. as like a 15 year old or whatever I was. And, uh, and that's not to say that it's not good all around, but just some of the things it talks about were very, very relevant to me. And I'll always love that movie if for no other reason when Kevin Smith throws Affleck off the train and does the no ticket line from Indiana Jones. No ticket. All time. All time reference. I think it's to the me. only line he has. In the movie? Yeah, I that forget. is his line or of the movie. He yeah, might... he's got one in all of his movies. Okay, That's yeah. the one from that movie. Yeah, yeah. He decided to yeah, rip yeah. off Harrison Ford, my my hero. So that was awesome. Yeah, great, great flick, man. Dogma for Nails sure. It. I would love to rewatch that. Maybe um, I'll watch well, it. Well, that's very cool. That's all I got. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys soon and uh, stay safe and get vaccinated. That's all I got. Yeah, I know, man. Let's get back out into the world. This is great. Woo! All right, bye, guys. <laughs>